It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 4 refers to believers as partakers of the Holy Spirit. This is one of the most marvelous, most magnificent parts of our inheritance as children of God. I love Proverbs 18.10. It says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and they are safe. And because of that promise, I felt like it would be important for us to explore the names and titles of the Holy Spirit to see in detail what our inheritance is if we are partakers of the Holy Spirit. So let's go that direction, starting with Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. This is a prophecy of the Messiah who is yet to come. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. And of course, Jesse was David's father. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And I love the way those are coupled together, because each one of them affects both the mind and the heart. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel, God communicating to you what you need to do, and might, the power, the strength to get it done. And then the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So knowledge is not enough. The fear of the Lord is that deep, deep reverence, reverential awe concerning the greatness of God. And when you marry knowledge and the fear of the Lord, you've got a person who is whole both mentally and emotionally, and the Holy Spirit is effecting that work in both areas of our being. So those are some names that rested upon the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament era. When Jesus announced his ministry in the synagogue at Nazareth, that's the first thing he referenced. He actually referred to Isaiah 61, but it's the whole idea of the Spirit of the Lord resting upon him. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. And so, if the Spirit of the Lord rested upon him, it was an indication that the anointing was upon him. And if the Spirit of the Lord is in your life, the anointing is in your life. And that word anointing means the specific application of the Holy Spirit to perform a particular purpose that is God-given. See, the anointing is not just synonymous or not just another term for the Holy Spirit. It means the specific application of the Holy Spirit to accomplish a certain task that God wants done. And if we are partakers of the Holy Spirit, we have a task that is God-given, and God anoints us to perform it. Now, I am excited to take you to the New Testament, though, in 
John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus told his disappointed disciples. They were disappointed because he told them he was going to have to go away. But they would see him again. And he said, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the comforter will not come to you. That's the King James Version. The helper will not come to you. That's the New King James Version. But the original Greek word is parakletos. And it really means one who comes and stands by you to encourage you, to uphold you, to defend you, to help you in any way possible. The parakletos. And there's a really interesting story about that term that really fits in well here. See, in the ancient Greek marathons, when they would run, it was approximately 26.2 miles. I can't imagine running 26.2 miles. I do really well to run two or three miles on a treadmill. And then that wears me out. But if someone was running in the marathon, they would always have a close friend who would be, quote-unquote, the parakletos, the encourager, the one who would come by their side to help, who would be standing about two or three miles away from the final goal. And that's, of course, when the runner is getting completely exhausted, and the parakletos, this friend of the runner, would jump in and begin running with him and help to set the pace at the speed it needed to be, by giving some fresh energy to the picture. But he would also hurl all kinds of encouraging statements to the runner who's exhausted by now. You can make it. You're almost at the end. Don't give up now. It won't be long. Any statement that would encourage that person to keep going, to not give up, to not throw in the towel, the Paracletos would say it. So, That became a beautiful picture of what the Holy Spirit does when he comes into our lives. He is our comforter, but parakletos means a lot more than just comforting you in your grief and your sorrow. Parakletos means more than just helping you. It's got a range of meanings, encouraging you, defending you, upholding you. It is a very comprehensive term in many ways, but that's the biblical term for the Holy Spirit that dominates the New Testament, the parakletos. All right, I hope that's a blessing to you. I think it's interesting to see, too, that Jesus is referred to as a parakletos as well. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, it says, If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. The word propitiation means satisfaction for the demands of justice. Justice demanded that we die for our sins. That death came on the Son of God. We should be eternally, eternally grateful. But there you have the word advocate also, and it's from the original Greek word parakletos. If any man sin, we have a parakletos with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And in that sense, it means a defense attorney. Listen, Jesus is also called the judge of all the earth. 
And if the one judging you is the one defending you, you've got that court case wrapped up. You don't have to worry about a thing. And if you submit and surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, not only will the Holy Spirit be your paracletos, your helper, your encourager, Jesus will be your paracletos, your helper, your encourager, your defense attorney. Now let's find out what the paracletos does when he comes into your life. If you are partakers of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said in John 15, 26, when the helper comes, when the paracletos comes, whom I will send from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. That's one of the first things the paracletos did on the day of Pentecost when he filled the 120 or however many were in the upper room. Actually, the number 120 was referenced in the time when they voted on a replacement for Judas. We don't really know if there was 120 when the Holy Spirit fell. But regardless, when the Holy Spirit came in the upper room like a rushing mighty wind and tongues of fire appeared over them and they began preaching, they were testifying of Jesus because all these people from different languages and cultures heard in their own language the story of the gospel, the good news of what Jesus had accomplished. But I believe there's more ways that the Holy Spirit testifies of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. When the Holy Spirit has the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, and we just covered that a few moments ago, begins to open up the scripture to us. He'll show us passages that are revelations of Jesus that other people completely overlook. He'll unveil the mysteries of how the volume of the book proclaims who Jesus is. So many stories are revelatory about the Son of God. The Ark of Noah, the sacrifice of Isaac on an altar, all of those things have a lot to do with the revelation of what Jesus came to do. And the Holy Spirit will unveil those truths to you. All right, next in John 16, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So there's several things there. Number one, he'll lead you into all truth. That covers a lot of territory, not just biblical truth, but you'll have intuitive insights about people's nature, people's attitudes. You'll know when you're being lied to much more easily when the Holy Spirit is really in your life, when you're walking in God and, and, and really staying full of the Spirit. And he'll lead you into truth in other areas with regard to what's happening in our society right now and all the duplicity and deception that's going on concerning the pandemic and, and the supposed cure for the pandemic. You don't need to hear much more than that from me, but I guarantee you the Holy Spirit in your heart will tell you what's going on. He'll convict your heart and convince your heart. Because whatever he hears, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Now, that's a phenomenal thing. In your own life personally and also globally and nationally, he will show you things to come. 
And you should pray for that. You should claim this promise. If you're a partaker of the Holy Spirit, you should have flashes of insight into the future. And then John 14, verse 26, he said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Now, there's two important things. He's a teacher, and he will teach you all things. I believe the Holy Spirit will give you knowledge and understanding about things that are not even related to biblical knowledge, just common day-to-day endeavors where you need some insight about how to fix something or how to make something work. The Holy Spirit will say, do this or do that. How often I've searched for something all over the house, and then I said, Holy Spirit, you know where it is. Please show it to me. And bam, it flashes in my mind because he has promised that he will do those very kind of things. All right. He'll teach you all things and he'll bring all things to your remembrance. So the Holy Spirit's job is to refresh your mind, to renew in your mind the words that Jesus spoke when he was here. Right when you need them, it will surface in your heart, and you'll wonder, where did that come from? I didn't even remember that scripture. Well, the Holy Spirit remembered it, and the Holy Spirit gave it to you at a time when you needed it most. Claim that promise. If you're a partaker of the Holy Spirit, that's supposed to be happening. And John 16, verses 8 through 11, very important passage. He said, when the Holy Spirit has come, when the Comforter has come, the Paracletos, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And of judgment because the prince of this world has been judged. Now that's a very curious statement. It did not say that he would just convict the church. It said he would convict the world. I believe when the Holy Spirit was sent on the day of Pentecost, there was a new spiritual atmosphere that surrounded the globe that quickened the consciences of men globally and made people more sensitive to sin and more sensitive to repentance in order to set the stage for the revival of the new covenant era. He said he will convict the world of sin. So that's the job of the Holy Spirit. When you share the word of God, you can't force anybody to be repentant. But while you're sharing the word of God in love, speaking the truth in love, the Holy Spirit can be gripping their hearts and convicting them of sin because they believe not on him. And then he said of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. In other words, I'm going to show you what you are. I'm going to show you the depth of the sin nature and how repulsive it is. But then I'm going to show you what you should be. I'm going to reveal to you the perfection of the nature of the Son of God. Because he was no longer in the world in order to see the perfect example of a Son of God. He said, when the Holy Spirit has come, he will convict you of righteousness. Because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And then of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. In other words, I'll show you what you are in the flesh, how repulsive it is. I'll show you what you should be in the spirit, 
the epitome of righteousness exemplified in the Son of God, and I'll show you that your enemy has been judged. And so he's stripped of his authority, and you can tread on him. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly, and you can achieve your goal of walking like Jesus in this world. Oh, I love this next name given to the Holy Spirit. He's referred to as the promise of the Father and the Spirit of promise. Jesus told him in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Why was the Holy Spirit called the promise of the Father? Because primarily in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, a prophecy came forth about the coming new covenant And God said, I will put a new spirit in you. I will give you a new heart. I will put my spirit in you. Not only did he prophesy in Ezekiel chapter 36, in Joel's writings, he said, in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And so those are two of various places where God prophesied through Old Testament voices that something better was coming, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, it refers to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of promise. I love this. Speaking of the Lord, it says, In him you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Now, on one of these episodes, I'm going to talk about the seal of God, the mystery of the seal of God, because it's it's a complete teaching within itself. But know this, that the seal is what preserves you. The seal is what keeps you. And a seal is a transfer of an image. If you have a notary seal, it's pressed into paper and there's an image transferred that validates that it's an authentic document. Well, when the Holy Spirit seals you, I believe it's a transfer of an image, the image of the firstborn son of God. And he presses that into your soul until The love of Jesus, the joy of Jesus, the peace of Jesus, the wisdom of Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus, the obedience of Jesus, and many other attributes are just pressed into you until they become one with you so that you can be changed from glory to glory into his image. And that's the seal. That's what keeps you, preserves you from this wicked world. It's the impartation of the image. And he's called the Holy Spirit of promise. There's 7,487 promises in God's word. And when the Holy Spirit of promise comes in your life, I believe he comes in to activate those promises and to make them come to pass in your life as you exhibit faith, as you believe and trust and ask him to do so. And so 
those are just some of the names of the Holy Spirit. And on the next episode, I'm going to go into quite a few more. But I want you to absorb those scriptures. Really dwell on those scriptures. Think about them. Pray those promises into your life. Ask God to let the spirit of promise activate promises in your life. Ask God to let the spirit of of truth lead you and guide you into all truth and all these other aspects of what the Holy Spirit comes to do. But most of all, I'm asking the Paracletos to come beside you in this race of life and to start encouraging you like he never has, that it's not time to quit. It's time to keep running because you're very close to your goal. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shree, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given his people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.